0: everyone for another episode of chew the bible it's your great friend aaron it is still october 15th 2021 we are now at 451 in the afternoon almost approaching evening and uh, i'm just gonna keep recording for the next two hours so we'll see how many episodes we can get through in the next two hours and um Yeah, yeah, just this is. I this feeds my soul. I'm I'm I keep saying to the Bible, is I'm selfish, it's more for me than, and yeah, and a byproduct of it is if you listen, if other people listen and they enjoy it and they get something from it, great. But really, honestly, this is (laughs) this is very selfish. This is just a place mainly for me to be able to go back and easily listen to these episodes as I get older. And, uh, here, you know, where I was at mentally, kind of like a vlog, a blog, um, or, a you know, time capsule or a diary. Yeah. Where I was at mentally, you know, in my life and also just, you know, how I interpreted the Bible, you know, even just hearing my ton- tone of voice, like being able to just hear that if I was sounding depressed or I feel joy filled or happy, you know, yeah. And then, yeah, something, a place for my kids to listen to this someday and, you know, carry on. You know, for me, I could leave, you know, a lot of people leave their kids and millions of dollars, which is good. But honestly, I honestly believe the greatest inheritance that you can do, that scripture that talks about a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children and his children's children. I think the greatest inheritance you can leave your children is just letting them know, them knowing that their parents, especially their father, had a relationship with the Lord, not a perfect relationship, but he at least acknowledged the Lord. Uh, I'll never forget my counselor telling me, um, before I think before, yeah, before his his father passed away, he had given his father a Bible and, uh, I guess his dad wasn't like super religious or anything. Um, but before his dad passed away, he, yeah, he saw, um, his dad had been reading the Bible. And then, so after his dad passed away, he saw he saw that bible and he saw all the areas where his dad you know highlighted different scriptures and he got to see you know what stood out to his you know his dad and that that to me and the, for years that's the family bible that was sit on people's coffee table that was like big and heavy that was you know huge for families that's actually where a lot of families kept their um family tree so you knew yeah all your genealogy was all in that family bible and um anyway once again this is a little bit selfish for me doing through the bible and uh <laughs> yeah it's mainly yeah to leave an inheritance for my children and my children's children so that they know yeah. once again their father their great-grandfather i don't know how many generations are going to come before jesus returns but they'll be like hey at least we know our, uh, he, Aaron J he had a relationship with the Lord, with the Lord. So, uh, one other thing I was going to say before we get into the text, um, uh, yeah, just a quick, we're in 1 so yeah, Kings chapter 4 and First Kings chapter 3 to do a quick recap. Solomon has a dream and basically, on, does it say specifically who appeared to him in the dream? It was specifically the Lord. Yeah, God himself appeared to him. It wasn't, didn't it say an angel of the Lord. It, you know, it wasn't a cross or anything. It was actually God himself. Wow. So God himself appears to Solomon and is like, hey, you can have whatever you want. You, yeah, whatever you want in the world, I'll give it to you. And Solomon asked for wisdom. And specifically wisdom on how to, you know, be a good leader And, you know, I've never done this before And how to, you know, properly you know, discernment and wisdom And how to lead this kingdom, right? And then God is like, wow, God was amazed that he asked that <laughs> It's funny though, because God is God So he knew what Solomon was going to ask He knows our beginning and our middle and our end So it's just funny, these dialogues that between God and humans It just cracked me up anyway uh i just had a memory of my old teacher from high school english freshman class we actually had to read the bible old testament and he had a really good god voice i can't think of his name what was his name i don't know why lately i have not been able to remember that old teacher's name anyway yeah i can just imagine yeah god just these conversations with humans and well Solomon (laughs) you could have asked for anything in the world but you asked for wisdom since you asked for wisdom you know I I, I'm gonna give you that to you and I'm gonna give you all these other things that you could have asked for you know fame money all that I'm gonna give it to you too on top of that yeah what does it say let me go right to the text I don't you know what does it say uh I will give you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has never been anyone like you before, and never will be again. In addition, I will give you what you did, what you did not ask for—both riches and honor. Isn't that what everybody wants in today, especially amongst men? And you look at all the music out here in the music industry. What do people want? Money, power, respect, honor. First, you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the respect. Cash rules everything around me. Yeah, all them songs. That's what they talked about. That's what all the songs now ain't nothing the change. It's all about money, power, respect. And he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna give you wisdom, and I'm gonna give you." Yeah, very rarely do you hear songs out here talking about, "Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah, talking about wisdom." I don't know. Anyway, I don't think that would sell too well. <laughs> Anyway, what was I gonna So yeah, Solomon wakes up, realizes it's a dream, and then BAM immediately test it and <laughs> see how well this superpower works. And he's presented with a Mori situation, except so there's not fathers present. Yeah, the fathers are gone. The Fathers ain't even here. Two women show up, they're prostitutes, which once again I said before, I was shocked because I've listened to this I've listened to the entire Bible like twice. But for some reason, and I've seen the Solomon movie, but every time I never remember, in those times of listening to the Bible and watching the Solomon movie, I didn't realize these women were prostitutes. So, yeah, he's immediately tested. Two women, they come with his baby. One of them claims, they both claim that the baby is theirs. And, you know, they're fighting over you, saying, she stole, you know, the baby from me. And anyway, Solomon's like, hmm, okay. Give me the baby, I'll cut him in half. And then, yeah, so the real mother is like, "No." Don't kill the baby. Let him live. I'll just live without the child. Let her have him. And then the other mother's like, go ahead and cut her and cut the baby in half. Yeah. Because he's like, I'll split him in two. You can have one half, you can have the other. Here, dead baby. So anyway, then Solomon realizes, yeah, the real mother is the one who uh, begs that the child should live. And then I talked a lot about all the different parallels, how this reminds me of Moses and Jesus and foreshadowing and foreshadowing to jesus and yeah anyway yeah and isaac abraham and isaac situation so yeah go back and read it on your own get your own you know insights and let it marinate it was good stuff all right now we're officially in chapter four. Oh, that's what i wanted to say there's one other thing i wanted to share just i don't know as i was you know taking a little bathroom break i get some of my deepest thoughts on the on the, uh, on the porcelain throne, as I like to call it, and I was just thinking after that last episode, and I was talking about the kids in the store, and you know how I remember, yeah, some kids are like pick me up, you know, but as you get older, you get more independent, and you don't want to be picked up. Even though my kids, The last time I had them, and we were out hanging out and um, having a good time, my old my I had picked up my one daughter. And I put her on my shoulders, my youngest daughter. She's pretty light. And then my oldest daughter, who's, you know, she's, you know, getting bigger and becoming a teenager. Slowly, she'll be a teenager, actually, on November 13th. Oh, Lord Jesus. My baby's growing up. Anyway, yes, she wanted me to pick her up. And I told her I would do it later. I can't remember what happened. But, yeah, she reminded me. She did not. She made sure I remember to pick her up. And put her on my shoulders and uh you know i'm just thinking yeah as we get older become more independent independent and we don't ask, you know just how we lose that heart of a child and when's the last time i'm not talking about your earthly father i'm talking about our earthly parent when's the last time you asked your heavenly father to pick you up and say hold me lord like hold me hold me god like i encourage y'all to do that so, like and it may seem silly, go ahead, put yourself in a little fetal position on the floor or on the bed or whatever, and or just yeah, and just pretend like he picked you up, he's picking you up, and he's holding you, like ask the Lord, say, Lord, hold me, hold me, Lord, and now, nah, if some of y'all have some crazy stories about feeling like you actually were picked up in the air, and uh <laughs> go and send them to me, go and send me your paranormal stories, uh your uh yeah. Send them to me at uh, chewthebible at com. Hopefully I don't get freaked out too much. But uh, yeah, just visualize the Lord picking you up and holding you and stroking your hair and just telling you how much he loves you, you know. And um, yeah, you're never to, even though my kids are getting bigger and bigger and I imagine there'll be a time where I won't be able to pick up, especially my boys. Hopefully, yeah, my daughters, I, I should always be able to pick them up even so i'm 100 years old and be picking them up uh, hopefully I, yeah pray to god i had that kind of strength but yeah my sons on the other hand i imagine they're gonna be at least six two and above you know over 100 i'm like one what one six one what am i 156 so they'll probably be over that who knows anyway yeah even though you may y'all grow being be be able to be picked up by your earthly parents and some of y'all your earthly parents are gone I'm pretty. Sh- I wonder if my dad could pick me up. I should ask dad. Hey, dad, can you pick me up? <laughs> See what he says. <laughs> this is a joke. But yeah, you're never too big to be picked up by your heavenly father and healed and told how much he he loves you and cares for you. Do it. I encourage y'all to do that every morning. I'm gonna start doing that every day. I'm be like, Lord, pick me up, pick me up this morning. Oh, I'll never forget one other thing. I just had a thought, man. All right, so I had this little cousin, right. Uh, it's funny. Next time I see him, I'm gonna joke. If I ever see him, he was on my former wife's side. Anyway, it's crazy. He's grown now and plays basketball in high school and everything. Um, I'll never forget when he was a little kid. I think he's like five. He stayed over at our house. And him and his brother, I think it was his younger brother that said this. Now that I think about it, I think his younger brother was like three or four. And, uh, I'm not going to say his name. But anyway, yeah, he he was like, I get rocked to sleep. And I'm like, yeah, like why are you telling me that? Like, you're a grown man in my eyes. Like, yeah, you can yeah, use the bathroom on your own everything. I ain't about to rock you to sleep. Uh, He might have been four, I think I think he was like four. And yeah, I remember him being potty trained because I wasn't a big fan of babysitting people's kids that weren't potty trained because, yeah, anyway, I had my own kids dealing with that. So, yeah, i never forget, he's like, I get rocked to sleep. I get rocked to sleep. I'm like, you a grown man? About to I think I ended up breaking down and rocking the young man, but I didn't, like, rock him to sleep. I just rocked him a little bit, and then, yeah. But just thinking of that, I just remember that, like, yeah. He mean, last night, I was a friend I reached out to, and I was like, hey, I'm struggling to sleep. and I was just joking. I was like, hey, can you, you know, read me a bedtime story and uh, sing me a lullaby? and they were like, crickets nothing (laughs) anyway that's a conversation for a whole nother day uh but yes god god doesn't mind rocking you to sleep he will rock you as long as you need to be rocked without getting tired he will um yeah i remember i was uh my baby kids were babies they we used to have that little bassinet play a little music and you know, the batteries will run out eventually. It will stop rocking. Oh, yeah, we were blessed. We didn't have, yeah, apparently the older generations, they talk about um, the rockers we had were the wind-up ones. You got to go over and wind. My parents talk about, my grandma talks about winding me up and, ro- and it will sway back and forth. Anyway, yes, battery. his batteries don't die. He, can, he never gets tired. He, you don't have to, he doesn't put you in some little bassinet to wind you up. He actually holds you actually and they talk there's doctors that talk about the importance of that bond between a, a child and their parents when they're little and just all the all the psychology that's going on in the hormones and the the uh the the, the the importance of that in a child's development that's why even a lot of uh hospitals have older women grandmas that that's all they do they volunteer their time to rock the babies cause, some of them babies, all they do, like in the NICU, yeah, in the NICU, some of them babies, they're in the isolate, but they need that time, that bonding time. Anyway, my point is, God is never too tired to rock you to sleep and doesn't look like you crazy. Like, you grown, man. <laughs> yeah, I look at a four-year-old like he grown. Like, yeah, he doesn't look at you like that. He doesn't, um, and yeah, if you send him a text at 11 o'clock, saying hey can you read me a bedtime story and sing me a lullaby he doesn't you know look at you like you're crazy so anyway put on some worship music and visualizing your head that god is rocking you to sleep tonight some of y'all might sleep a whole lot better so all right now that I've used fifteen minutes on not even getting into the text, which I'm notorious for doing, please forgive me, grace. Here we go. Oh, some. Hey, I honestly feel like when I go off in these tangents once again, it's gonna bless me an older version of me when I'm eighty years old and I can't sleep at night and remember this episode. And also, somebody's gonna be blessed by this. So even though my ego or my that little voice in my head is like, Aaron, shut up, stop. Quit getting on tangents. Get to the word. It's like, nah, these tangents are gonna bless somebody. That's that's my faith and my belief. Some future generation or somebody listening to this. Oh, one other thing. Yes, last thing. Promise. Last tangent for now. This might end up being an hour long episode. I'm trying not to make it that way, but yeah. Um, thank y'all for those of y'all I've been listening. I uh, I noticed I go into the Anchor app and I can I'm able to see the people are listening to this joker the other day we had like a hundred spins i don't know who y'all are i have no clue it the app does show me like breakdown by city and state and country and which app whether it's through apple podcast whether it's through um spotify or on a it shows me if it's male or women but it's not women or uh men it's not that accurate though, and I'm not able to see in real time. I wish Anchor would update that, but anyway, I just want to say thank y'all for those y'all listening. Um, if you're blessed by this podcast, just glory to all glory to God because sometimes I'm like, I don't know who's gonna get blessed by this. And uh, we're about to approach 10,000 listens, even though a lot of those listens were uh. The devices I was using as robot, so I can make that quick $52 and four cents. Thank you, Jesus, to uh, Anchor. Uh, and yeah, when you first start an Anchor app, when you first start on there, they allow you to do a sponsorship. Just, you know, shout now Anchor. And once you get to so many listens, so every listen that you get, spend you get, you get paid some change. And then that adds up. And then once you get to $52 like four cents, they cut you off. Think that's exactly the exact amount, yeah. For me, it was yeah, $52.04. I don't know why it's $52.04. And I think eventually you can have, have other ad sponsors, anyway. That's a whole another conversation, all right. So, Solomon's officials, King Solomon. That's just a plug for y'all for those of y'all have been thinking about doing a podcast for a while, and you're like, hmm, should I do it? If anything, just do it. So you can get your fifty-two dollars and four cents and then take your treat yourself out the red lobster. Get an ultimate feast or something like that. All right. Solomon's officials. King Solomon reigned over all Israel, and these were his officials. But make sure you tithe on that. Give dollars. God his give him six dollars at least. All right. King Solomon reigned over all Israel, and these were his officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, priest. Priest. Elihorif and Ahijah, the sons of Shisha, secretaries. Jehoshaphat, son of Elihud, court historian. Benaiah, son of Jehida, excuse me, y'all, in charge of the army. Zadok and Abiathar, priest. Azariah, son of Nathan, in charge of the deputies. Zabud, son of Nathan, a priest and advisor to the kings. Look at Nathan, his son's out here doing their thing. That just shows you, like, when you honor the Lord and put Him first, then your your kids will follow follow your lead, and God will have positions of authority for them as well. I'm right. Where was I? a high Zebud, son of Nathan, a priest? An advisor to the king. Y'all remember Nathan is the one, the the uh, the prophet that confronted David uh, when he had his sin against uh, Bathsheba, and he's done some. Uh, he uh, he played important roles in some other some other times. As if you go back and read all that stuff in First and Second Samuel. Mostly, I think in Second Samuel. All right. Ahishar in charge of the palace, and Adoniram son of Abda in charge of forced labor. Solomon had 12 deputies for all Israel. There we go, 12. Very significant number. Always, once again, 12 is the number of justice, perfect justice. They provided food for the king and his household. Each one made provision for one month out of the year. These were their names. Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur. Wow. I think there's a movie called Ben-Hur. In the hill country of Ephraim, Ben-Decker and Makes, Shalbim, Beth Shemesh, and Ellen Beth-Hanen, Ben-Hezed, Ben, ben Hezid, and Araboth. He had Soko. In the whole land of Ahifer, Ben Abinadab in all naphath Dor Taf Tafath, daughter of Solomon was his wife. Wow. These names. Bana, son of Ahilud in Tanakh, Megido in all Bethshain of Bethshan, which is beside Zarethan below Jezreel, from Beth-shan to Abel-Mahola, as far as the other side of jach Ben-Geber in Ramoth-Gilead, he had the villages of Jair, son of Manasseh, which are in Gilead, and he had the region of Argob, which is in Bashan, 60 great cities with walls and bronze bars. Ahinadab, son of Edo in Mahinim, ahim ahimaz in naphtali he also had married a daughter of solomon basimath Bana, son of hushai and asher and belioth biloth jehoshaphat son of perua and issachar issachar Shimi. hey i think this is a different shimmy <laughs> because y'all remember shimmy is the one yeah shimmy yeah is the one that was cursing david and uh yeah was told to leave stay in that house in jerusalem and he left the house went after his slaves and got killed so this is a different shimmy this is boy i wouldn't want that to be my name because everybody be like hey it's shimmy that yeah that'd be It's kind of like when you hear these stories about, um, sorry, I'm trying to work on not saying, um, you hear about these stories about people going out and committing crimes or somebody was part of some major murder. And then, yeah, they share that same name of that person, like OJ or something like that. Anyway, yeah, um even though he was not convicted of the crime like imagine if your name was OJ now all of a sudden everybody like they get nervous if that was your nickname uh or your yeah your initials you, you went you actually went by that or well, there was somebody there was somebody in my school that shared the name with this woman that went abducted and was killed by her husband or something like that and her name was never the same again. You know, y'all know what I'm saying? Like, I can't think of any major. The Menendez, like the Menendez brothers, that was a major name. Like, imagine if your name, I can't remember what their first names were. Everybody knows the Menendez brothers. But imagine if your name was, last name was Menendez. Before, your name was normal. Now, all of a sudden, Menendez brothers did what they did to their parents. And, yeah, your name's from this point on never the same. People think, like, hmm, well, I don't know. This generation doesn't really know who Menendez is. I don't think so. It's not as, it was a big crime though when I was a kid. The OJ crime and the uh, Menendez crime, those are big names. Or, nah, I ain't gonna do that. I was gonna say another name. But I was like, <laughs> there's a couple other names of people on the news right now. I was gonna say, I was like, nah, we'll stop there. Y'all get my point. Yeah, imagine if your name was Shimmy, this kid. And from this point on Yeah people like Hey Shemai Shimi, Hey y'all be careful Cause y'all see I remember what happened to Shimi, How David dealt with him Alright anyway Shimi, son of Ella And Benjamin Geber son of Uri in the land of Gilead The country of King Sahan of the Amorites And the king of Og of Bashan There was one deputy in the land of Judah and they only needed one deputy Judah in Judah. All right, Solomon's provisions, verse 20, Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand by the sea. They were eating, drinking, and rejoicing. Solomon ruled all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, and as far as the border of Egypt, they offered tribute and served Solomon all the days of his life. Solomon's provisions for one day were 150 bushels of fine flour and 300 bushels of meal, 10 fattened cattle, Twenty range cattle and a hundred sheep and goats. Hold on a second, I forgot to put a note y'all real quick. solomon had his own personal instacart he had a big old semi-truck pull up to the crib every day 20 range cattle and 100 sheep and goats besides deer gazelles roebucks and pen-fed poultry they were eating nice for he had denean i don't see any shrimp in here though where the shrimp and lobster at for he had denean over and salmon for he had dominion over everything west of the Euphrates from Tifsa to Gaza and over all the kings west of the Euphrates. He had peace on all his surrounding borders. Throughout Solomon's reign, Judah and, his, and Israel lived in safety from Dan to Beersheba, each person under his own vine and his own fig tree. Hmm. Solomon had 40,000 stalls of horses for his chariots and 12,000 horsemen. Each of those deputies for a month in turn provided food for King Solomon. For everyone who came to King Solomon's table, they neglected nothing. Each man brought the barley and the straw for the chariot teams and the other horses to the required place according to his assignment. I wonder if that one cat still got to eat at the table can't remember his name but y'all know I'm talking about the one that got to eat at David's table that was from Saul's family can't think of his name all of a sudden but I wonder if he still got to eat and I wonder if Solomon I don't know in the movie the Solomon movie the one with uh I keep telling y'all about that has Vivica A. Fox Solomon is a is a skinny looking dude is a healthy strong skinny brother but uh by the sound of this, I wonder if Solomon was a big dude. I wonder if he what how much he weighed, because it sounds like he ate he ate every day. He never missed a meal. All right, Solomon's wisdom and literary gifts. God gave Solomon wisdom, very great insight and understanding, as vast as the sand on the seashore. That's a lot. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the east. Greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. And y'all know how the Egyptians got down when it came to pretty much so much of the knowledge we have today is from the Egyptians. All right. About astronomy, about math, about all kinds of stuff. Philosophy. All right. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East, greater than all the wisdom of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone, wiser than Ethan the Ezrahite, and He-Man call not He-Man, the superhero. This a different He-Man. Kalhall and Darda, sons of Mahal, his reputation extended to all the surrounding nations. Solomon spoke three thousand proverbs, and his songs number one thousand five. Yeah, he did write some psalms. So yeah. I believe you, bro. Yeah. He spoke about trees from the cedar in Lebanon to the hyssop growing out of the wall. He also spoke about animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. Oh, my son Matthew loves Solomon because my son Matthew loves some animals. Uh, let's see here, 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 here. He also spoke about animals, birds. Reptiles and fish, emissaries of all people sent by every king on earth who had heard of his wisdom came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. They were they were going there and taking notes. He was a walking textbook, a walking encyclopedia. A walking encyclopedia. The original Google. That was Solomon. Bam. Alright. But it's important to know that this wisdom came from God, not just his own wisdom. There's a big difference. The one and true only God, not these fake pagan gods. Alright. This line shows the fulfillment of God's... These are the Tony Evans notes. And... Judah Israel as numerous as the sand of the sea, so he's specifically in this note talking about Judah and Israel being as numerous as the sand by the sea, and that they were eating, drinking, and rejoicing. Apparently, it says this line shows the fulfillment of God's promise in Genesis twenty two seventeen. You know what? We're gonna we're already. This episode is already kind of long, so we're gonna go back and read real quick Genesis chapter twenty two verse seventeen. Which says, I will, and it says, uh, he's talking to Isaac. No, and Abraham, name that place the Lord will provide. So it is said today it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. All right, verse 15 says, this is, yeah, Genesis chapter 22, verse 15. This is after Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, but he didn't. It says then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said by myself I have sworn this is the Lord's declaration because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and the sand of the sea on the seashore your offspring will possess the city gates of their enemies and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring because you have obeyed my command so when people try to tell me that the Bible's made up And it doesn't make sense and I don't know, all those different things that people try to say about the Bible It's like You gotta be You gotta be a super genius To make this stuff up And make it all connect All these dots connect And and they be able to like hold up Let's see here And there's not Even though it may seem on the surface That some things are contradictory The Bible never contradicts itself Never. never, never, never. All right, so that is First Kings chapter four, verse twenty. I'm write that in here. First Kings four twenty. All right, verse, this is the note on verse 21 of First uh, Kings 4.21. That the king exacted tribute from the nations under his rule is a reminder that God is able to take the resources of unbelievers and use them for his kingdom purposes, if you let him. Now, <laughs> it's funny. The only reason why, one of the main reasons I understand that term tribute is because when I was a kid and I used to play that game, Age of Empires on the computer, There was times where you made tributes to one another in the game. Anyway, all right. That Solomon's wisdom far surpassed the wisdom of all the people of the East and all the wisdom of Egypt was significant. These regions were fabled for their wisdom. A consideration of Solomon's ancestry is instructive. He was David's son by Bathsheba. We know of her lineage because Bathsheba literally means daughter of Sheba. The table of nations in Genesis 10 identifies Sheba in the line of Ham, making Sheba a man from an African nation. Hey, 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 yeah, Tony, there you go. Anytime Tony be shouting out, talking about pointing out the blackness of the Bible. I, I want to have like a whole segment just called Blackness in the Bible, because once again, growing up, the Cartoons we watched and the different children's church leaders. I never heard you. Were, you were made to think that all these, a lot of these people in the Bible were white, but hey, not that it's a big, a huge deal. We shouldn't let that hang us up, you know. Yeah, that's a whole another discussion for another day. But is it very important that especially brown and dark skinned kids know that there were black kids in the Bible, that there were black people and there were Africans in the Bible? Yes. Anyway, that's a conversation for a whole nother day. I'm not going to go there. But yeah, thank you, Tony, for breaking, pointing this out. So Solomon's mother, as well as his ancestors, Rahab and Ruth, gave him roots within the black community. They thus place him as an example of black achievement, as well as black history and biblical culture. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Sorry, y'all. Some of y'all, I'm I, gay. Because this does something to your psyche. Like, I think, mean, yeah, this is why, yeah, anyway, you gotta be careful because there's a whole another direction that people can go with the whole, I don't fully understand Hebrew Israelites. But honestly I think that's part of the reason why so many uh people are drawn to that stuff and getting into like Egyptian culture. I almost pledged alpha in college. In fact I was online for like oh shoot, a week or two. I can't remember how long I lasted before I quit it. I quit. If I remember they had us bow ooh, hopefully nobody comes to get me for saying this, and exposing this. But yeah, one of the things I had to do was bow before a Sphinx. And they're really into that Egyptian stuff and all the minerva and all yeah the sororities that's a conversation for another day as well if you're in any of that stuff get out that's all i can say i'm not gonna get i'm not gonna tell you why you can go research on your own but ultimately it's between you and god pray to him talk to him if you're into that all that egyptian stuff and fraternity sorority stuff i encourage y'all to get out of it now um run uh yeah i'm probably gonna lose a lot of listeners for saying that but get out of it run from it because it's not of the lord's a lot of it's demonic all of it um yeah so and how how do i know it's demonic discernment the word of god like with the fruit examine the fruit uh that's a personal conviction i was yeah i was online in Yes, I almost pledged Alpha Phi off and they had me bound before a Sphinx and knocking on doors and doing weird ritual stuff. And um, my former wife, she was in Delta Sigma Theta, and they had her doing some crazy stuff and praying scriptures, things that sounded like scripture, but were like totally demonic, twisting on the word of God. And yes, some people, once again, I'm probably going to get some hate mail about this one. But hey, it's between you and God this is my personal conviction this yeah I'm glad God allowed me to experience that and come out of it without staying in it anyway but what I was ultimately trying to say is that's why I think a lot of black folks are drawn to that stuff is because we are made to feel that Christianity is like a white man's religion and the Bible is a white man's book And when really it's full of black tradition and heritage and most of the people in the Bible are black, including our savior, Jesus Christ. He was at least dark brown skin. Yeah. He had a good tan on him. He wasn't white. He wasn't like the pictures we see with blonde hair, blue eyes, even the movie Solomon. I love the fact that they, yeah, the queen of Sheba, I think shows up. I think that's who, uh, I think that's who Vivica Fox plays and she's a black woman now Solomon on the hand they found somebody who I don't know what that dude was but he was he kind of have that like an olive complexion anyway it's dangerous—a it's dangerous slippery slippery slope because you can get really caught up on race but and i'm never i yeah when people try to say i don't see race i don't see race at, i don't see color i'm like yeah that's part of the problem you should see color and that part of, when you don't see color then you basically not uh recognizing that, that'd That be like me saying i don't see the fact that you are in a wheelchair right now not to say compare color with what i'm trying to say is like i don't or what is another example I don't recognize that beautiful shirt you have on today or those cool shoes you have on, like um, your cool haircut, yeah, hairstyle. Like, I don't know, like, yeah. Being able to embrace and celebrate pre- people's differences. When you say I don't see color, it's like you're basically ignoring the fact that I'm, my my uh, uniqueness and my differences, you know? It's hard to describe. this. Yeah, What I'm trying to say is, but yeah, you have to be really careful. And I'm stepping, yeah, I'm probably sticking my mat, foot in my mouth a lot by saying by even going on this tangent but I feel like I have to say it I'm just off the top of the dome it's a slippery slope when you focus too much on race but but you have to be careful to not completely disregard race in the Bible and I think some of the churches out here if they would actually take time to recognize that there were black folks in the Bible and talk about the African ancestry you don't have to You like yeah you could do it once a year during uh, Black History Month, Just do the whole month, or yeah, give us a whole month where you recognize black folks in the Bible that would be pretty dope, uh yeah, or throughout your sermons just dropping in yeah you like yeah, I yeah, know uh yeah, know uh Bathsheba was you know African descent, just saying, I don't know, I think it will go a long way in producing harmony amongst the races um and restoring. A lot of people that have left the church because they felt like it was a white church that didn't care about black folks. The Bible is just for white folk, You know, I don't know, like these cartoons, movies that just depict everybody as white in the movies and make us feel like there's no black people that were in the Bible. I think it would go a long way to racial reconciliation in the Christian church. That's all I'm trying to say. In a long way. All right. Is there anything else? All right. Solomon conducted negotiations in the wisdom God. Gave him. Yeah, that's the last note. Alright, let's hop on this Romans road and I think I'm gonna take a break. Romans three twenty three says, For all have sinned and fallen short or come short of the glory of God or veered off the path, and missed the mark. Romans six twenty-three says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thank you Lord for Jesus. Christmas is right around the corner. And even though there's all these wish list items I have for God, I got yeah, I got a Christmas list for God. I got it. I'm going to redo it too. <laughs> I'm going to write I'm going to put on there I'm going to free I'm going to put Christmas list to God and I'm gonna put checkbox next to it so I when I when they come in, when they come in, I'm going to check them off. And every every Christmas Until I get everything on that list <laughs> I'm going to keep checking them boxes off And hopefully, yeah I'm not asking a whole lot But hopefully, yeah At some point They all get checked off At least on this side of heaven Even even if they don't Here's my point Jesus Christ is the greatest gift You can ever receive Even if you Those of y'all that got y'all wish list Some of y'all went Corvettes. Some of y'all want Mustang, some of y'all want Camaro Some of y'all want a house Some of y'all want a spouse Some of y'all want to make a million dollars And have it in your bank account Sell a bunch of paint paintings and art Have your book be a bestseller To be successful Uh, yeah, Some of y'all waiting for children Some of y'all, you name it yeah, Some of y'all want the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip You name it You name it One of my kids, like, Yeah, I'm, I know I'm about to get hit up Here in a little bit <laughs> My kids, for their Christmas gifts, they just going to get some money. Yeah. Yeah, make it easy. Um, What was I trying to say? A gift card or something like that. But, yes, because, yeah, that whole overlapping, giving them double gifts that somebody else got them, yeah, I'm done with that. Uh, And I'll write them. I don't know, give them something special that nobody else, you know, one special gift and then probably some money or something like that. I don't know, we'll figure it out. But, yeah. The greatest gift you can ever receive is Jesus Christ in your heart, him dying on the cross, him giving his life and the friendship and the intimacy and the closeness and the companionship you get from that for eternity on this side of heaven. And after you cross over to see him face to face, he desires for us to seek his face and not just his hand. Yeah, he wants to bless us. He wants to give us all the desires of our heart. He knows what we have need of before we even ask. But yeah, if he didn't do anything else for you, and all he gave you was his son Jesus Christ, that would be the greatest gift you could ever receive. Never forget that. As my grandpa says, presence over presence. God gave his presence in Jesus Christ. He came to earth and gave us his presence. Presence, not just the present with the T, the presence ending in C E. He gave us His presence and dwelt among us, died, and then sent his Holy Spirit, left his Holy Spirit on Pentecost to live on the inside of us so we can experience his presence every single day, moment by moment. And that's the greatest present you can ever receive. All right. So Romans 5 eight says, but God demonstrated his love toward us, or showed his love toward us, In that while we were still yes sinners Christ died for us My parents got me a lot of presents as a kid Uh, You know They kind of dwindled as time went on As I got older But I'll never forget When I was 8 years old And on my list I asked for a basketball hoop And I got one I love that thing I love that thing And the ball that came with it Trying to think What other gifts Oh the Playstations Yes The Sega Genesis Yeah Oh man Got some great gifts as a kid Right but i never remember my parents like dying and then wrapping themselves or having somebody wrap them up in a box and giving that to me that's basically what jesus did for you and uh yeah once you accept him into your heart he lives on the inside of you and dwells on in you and that's that's yeah his presence His presence dwelling on the inside, even if you don't feel like it. When you ask him into your heart, that's the greatest gift you can ever receive. All right. Romans 10 verses 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is now Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will be saved. For With our hearts, we believe that we are now in right standing with God and with our mouths, we confess that we are now saved. In Romans 10 verses 13, verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So here's your opportunity right now. You can simply say this prayer. Just sincerely mean it. Don't have to copy all the words word for word. It's not some special hocus pocus formula. It's just simply talking to the Lord, having a conversation with him. And just watch how different your life is from this day forward, even if you've done this before you said this prayer here's not I've said the sinner's prayer multiple times. I've said this prayer several times just 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 to confirm that we are all right. that's kind of why I even do this Romans road every day, just to like as a reminder like I need your salvation every day. I know we good God, I know we good, but for some reason, just in case just in case uh I need mainly to remind myself of the commitment I've made to him and the greater the commitment that he made to me that even when I'm not faithful, because that's another thing, too, because I got in kind of a little bit of a debate, a little bit of a debate when I was on Clubhouse with a beautiful young lady named Bashley. Uh, I call her Bashley because, yeah, I can't say her real name. Uh, yeah, we had this whole little conversation, a little debate over like, yeah, the whole once saved, saved word versus always saved kind of debate, ongoing debate, whether Christians can lose their salvation. And I won't get into that right now. I look forward to getting in the New Testament. But I basically, I want to say this. After you say this prayer, people will come along. The biggest thing will come along Satan. He'll come in, whisper in your ear and be like, you're not saved. You know, Jesus didn't really, you know, he didn't save you, you know. You you you're going to hell. He he saw you may have said that prayer, but uh yeah, you back are back your back, backslider. You backslid, you know, you 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 cheated on your wife, you uh committed adultery, you lied, you stole, you drank alcohol, you did drugs, you you know you did you name it, you've done all this stuff and yeah, you're not going to heaven. You're not you're not saved. Jesus didn't save. You don't live on the inside of you. So that lie, that whispering lie that's all Satan could do. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's the father of lies. And so anyway, that little voice is going to come in. Not even just Satan. A lot of times it's your own flesh, your own fear. Fear that unbelief that you are now, that you're saved and your eternal resting place is secure in the Lord. So it's good to go back to these scriptures and find scriptures that remind you that you are good with him from this point forward <clears throat> that you were in right standing with him so where was I going talking about the whole Bashley thing yeah because yeah it. I I honestly think what she was trying to say this young lady when I was talking to her on Clubhouse in this group she didn't want people to think kind of like when Paul says you know oh, just because you saved now and it gives you license there's a lot of Christians I'm I'm guilty just as any other one and think just because we, you know, we are our eternal, resting place is secure, and we're going to heaven, that we can just live any old kind of way. We can say whatever we want. We can sleep around. We can, and then we're not going to have to give an account eventually for what we say and do, which <clears throat> that's called the white great white throne judgment, I believe. Which we'll talk about that later. <clears throat> Where well, we will have to get all Christians will have to have a nice little sit down chat over some coffee or tea with the Lord. I don't think, yeah, God, no, well, we'll drink some, we'll drink a smoothie, yeah have a nice little conversation you know, talk about, you know, how we lived for him and how we, you know, gave our gifts, talents, and treasures for his glory and his kingdom, how he used those. And as far as I know, hopefully, yeah, I believe we won't have to have a replay of all of our sins because he says those are so far as it's from the east is from the west. They've been, he don't even remember him, remember them, but we will have to give an account for the ways we obeyed him and did things that not to say we, you don't just do things to to earn rewards, but we are going to be rewarded for the things that we do in this life, and that doesn't save us. They're filthy rags. So anything we get on top of salvation, or my brother, he jokes about it, I just if I just get you know, I'm just glad to just be up there, even be even if I'm a homeless person on the street of heaven, streets of heaven. Like hey, I'm in there, but our attitude should be to honor and please the Lord and 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 obey just like um David said to Solomon before he passed away like hey as long as you just as long as you obey the lord's commands and and follow him you know then you'll be blessed and if you don't obey then there's going to be curses and so i think that's what my friend bashley was trying to say is like hey don't take your salvation lightly work out your there's a scripture that talks about work out your salvation with fear in trembling meaning not to be all scared all the time but just to have a reverence for the lord and know that he's with you everywhere you go everything you say everything you do he's there with you and um yes and when we slip up he sees it he still loves us and his desire is just for us to keep going back to him keep turning to him and ask for his help not try to grunt out the christian walk and try to be you know pick ourselves up our own bootstraps and walk this out all in a religious manner. That's just religion. Yeah. But to ask the Holy Spirit for help, say, Lord, I need your help. I can't do this on my own. I can't resist (laughs) this. It's been, I'll I'll say one more thing before we say this sinner's prayer. It's made a huge difference in my singleness right now in resisting particularly the area of sexual sin by just simply saying, Lord, I need your help. And putting on some worship music and just asking the Lord for help, it's made a huge difference compared to like trying now. Some now, don't get me wrong if you need covenant eyes and filters on your phone and all these different devices to keep you from, or you need to like not be on social media, period, that helps you from you know masturbating looking at pornography whatever or yeah for some of y'all like I just got invited to a happy hour recently and I used to battle alcohol right for a while I started to abuse, abuse it pretty badly for a season of my life and uh yeah and I've been to a couple AA meetings before and all that fun stuff but ultimately none of that stuff it helps for a while it's helped me for a while. I know how to get around the filters. I know, like, if I really want to, like, look at some pornography and lust, I I don't even need pornography. All I need is a picture of a pretty woman on a TV. And I, yeah, there's no Covenant Eyes filter, like, in a world where there's a million different digital devices. Now, if you use that, don't get me wrong. If you're paying that money for the app, use it. Do what you got to do. Like the scripture talks about, you know, it's better that you gouge out your eye than, you know, have your whole soul, you know, burn in hell, whatever. Or yeah, just to deal with all the pain and agony and torment that comes from from giving in to sexual sin. All I'm saying is it's been a huge difference for me when I've cried out to the Lord and asked for his help and walked and asked, yeah, just invited the Holy Spirit to empower me to resist. And shout out to uh shall I say it? Yeah, I'm going to shout her out real quick. Man, this episode is getting long. But where is it? Yeah, I'm going to shout out a young lady's um, YouTube channel. Uh, Her name is Brittany. I can't even remember. Where is it? History. Uh, How do I see people on following subscriptions? Here we go. Shout her out real fast if I can find it. Ah, uh, shout out him out too. This guy named the Us. um, Mister J Michael ba- Bailey. He hasn't posted anything in a while, but he has a cool channel. But uh, shout out to I know I'm following her, cause I was gonna quote from something she said real quick. Darn it. I hate when you can't find something when you are looking for something. Here it goes. Brittany Elise. That's in all those million ways to spell Brittany. But B-R-I-T-N-E-Y. B-R-I-T-N-E-Y. And her last name, A-L-L-Y-C-E. Shout out to her uh, video. She did this video talking about, talking about let's talk about boundaries. But something she said that I will never forget this. Uh, I don't really remember everything she said about boundaries in the video, but she's, the th- biggest thing that she stood out Stood out that she said was, when you say no to something, when you say no to one thing, you're saying yes to something else. A very simple phrase, but that's something I've had to like... I say that to myself over and over again uh, in addition to like quoting scriptures in my school itself, But yeah, when you say no to Satan's kingdom or doing something that you know you shouldn't be doing... You're saying yes to the kingdom of God and advancing His kingdom in your heart, and ultimately in in the preparation of the thing that He's preparing you for, so that when the big test comes, when you're a pastor or some you know eight thousand member church, and the cute secretary or somebody comes in your office, even though you're married, and trying to you know rub up on you or something like that, you can say no, or the, yeah pretty choir member yeah say no. Or not even just that. When somebody like you hear slanders, your name and saying all kinds of stuff about, you you know, it's not right. You like you have the self-control and the wisdom to say no to gossiping and attacking them back and going to lash out on them and saying yes to the Lord and allowing him to deal with that person and praying for them to bless them. So anyway, yes, every time I said, remember that every time you say no, it resists sin you're saying yes to God's kingdom. And yes, he will bless you, he will reward you. Even if you don't think you see the rewards of it on this side of heaven, you'll see it ultimately on the other side in heaven, in eternity. So, all right, let's say this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves, I missed the mark, I veered off the path. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my savior. Not Allah, not Buddha, not my uh, AA class, not my covenant eyes, not my, uh, my church, not my job, not my mama, not my daddy, not my uncle, not my brother. But it's me, guys, standing before you, needing your salvation. You alone are my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Hope y'all enjoy that. I'm going to take a little break. I don't know. Have like a little prayer session or something. And then, yeah, in about an hour, I'm about to go get some grub. So. I decided I'll just do my grocery shopping tomorrow when the hopefully the other stores should be nice all these should be nicely stocked with everything I need. All right, Deuces, BRB.